Welcome to the Happy Mindset. Today's episode is episode number 87 and today's episode title is called Learning to Think and Code. So today I'm going to talk about my experience with coding. Just to give you some insights into what coding is and what it could potentially be for you, especially for somebody who considers yourself like a creative person and you're not really into the math and sciences or the STEM subjects that you haven't got a, a natural talent for them or you don't have actually a, a curiosity or interest in them. So today's episode is going to serve the purpose of potentially helping you to see coding in a different way. So as I said, I, I wouldn't have considered myself a math and science person growing up. I still don't consider myself a math and science person, even though I'm a software engineer today. The reason I'm a software engineer today is because I started looking at coding in a different way. I had to look at it in a different way. Like before I started doing this, I had this perception that it's very mathematical, very scientific. Coding is logical, so I'm not going to say it's not logical, but it's not. There's different areas of of different areas of coding you can go into. So I work as a web application developer today. That's an aspect of software engineering. You could become a data scientist. You could become a, a somebody who's working with machine learning, like machine learning. I think you'll need more mathematical. Uh, you need to know a bit more about that. But even with that, I know if you've got the desire to something, then learning becomes easier. But we'll just come back to like, for example, I chose web development because I saw that as like a an easy entry point for me. Well, a relatively easy entry point for me. It wasn't a very easy process to get there, but it was easier for me to get into that field than it would be to jump into machine learning straight away. Because there's a lot more to the machine learning and there'd be a lot more mathematical stuff I'd have to wrap my head around. So... The first stumbling block that I see creative people come across when they think about computer programming, because I saw this myself, is like when you think about Hollywood movies or you think about movies in general, and you've got this kind of image in your head of the hacker who's like this genius who can write tons of code and and you're like overwhelmed at looking at that. You're like, I'm never going to be that type of person, so I'm not even going to try. The thing is, like anything, uh, Hollywood and the movies and stuff, they don't always portray well they never portray real life as it is because they're giving you an hour and a half movie that's something that's summing up uh years and years of experience or the monotonous day-to-days that we go through every day so the first thing is to let go of that image that you have of that hacker who's this genius and who's just uh, in their in their cave all day coding they might exist but they're not the norm and then if you think about it in terms of a foreign language, so I like to think about it like when I see a new language, if I look at Japanese or Chinese in the morning, I'm not going to understand a thing and I don't expect myself to understand a thing either because I haven't immersed myself in that language. I haven't even tried to figure it out. It's the same thing with coding. If you look at source code and you're like, you're not a techie person, you haven't ever learned how to code, you're not going to understand anything. It's going to look overwhelming. So I would expect that just like it's not that... It's not a sign that this isn't for you. That's the way I would have interpreted it before. I would have like looked at hundreds of lines of code, thousands of lines of code. I would have got overwhelmed and I'd be like, oh, well, it's just not for me. It's too mathematical. I'd make these assumptions, these general assumptions that would limit me. Whereas I had an interest in learning French and so I didn't assume that stuff. So I'd be looking at French and I'd be like, I'm never going to learn this. It's like, how the hell am I going to learn this? But because I wanted to learn it, I was like, I, I'm going to figure it out because I saw other people could speak a second language. I didn't know how exactly I was going to figure that out and do it. But I knew if I persisted at it long enough, then things would click and I'd eventually become a person who could speak French. 
So it's exactly the same approach with coding I took. I, I looked at the code and I was like, this is overwhelming. I'm like, I'm, I might never actually get there. And as well, I had this kind of acceptance too that maybe I will find out in six months time that, God, this is too hard, I can't do it and I'm just not a coder. And then I could move on, but at least I gave it a go and I would have learned stuff along the way too about myself and my learning style that I could apply to the next thing I was gonna learn. So it comes back to the idea that there's no such thing as wasted time. Because in that time, what I could have been doing is like doing my job, come home, watch random TV, random stuff, and just kind of waste my life and not be training myself on the side. Or the way I look at it is that it's not, I didn't see it as a chore. I saw it as like, this is an opportunity to engage my brain in new ways and to start thinking in new ways and to start seeing opportunities. Because when I would be in a place of just going home in the evenings and just kind of laying about or not having a sense of direction or a goal in my life, then oftentimes my brain would just have a tendency to focus on the negatives or the dramas in my life. And so that wasn't a great experience. I didn't feel good doing that. So I'd, I'd rather, I realized over time that I'd rather actually be focused on a goal that's moving me forward because actually progress, progress is a big thing to happiness I found in my life is that when I've got a sense of progress, even if it feels really difficult and that's, I think that's kind of the paradox is that Happiness is linked to progress and progress is linked to discomfort. I don't think most people, most people don't link happiness to discomfort in their minds. But I've learned over time to do that. And I've actually found that I feel happier about myself. I feel like, God, I'm actually progressing with my life. I'm actually doing things today that I couldn't do a few months ago. And that's where I get a huge sense of happiness and achievement. So with the coding, another tip I want to give you is to look for the language, well, actually, I'll give you the language that's most similar to English. So another thing that I think people will stumble across is that they don't know what language they're looking at too when they're looking at the code. Like if you're just getting a glimpse into somebody's screen, you see all these lines of code. It might be C, C++, they're more of the lower level languages. So like a lower level language is basically a language that is closer to the machine code. So the closer you go to the machine code, which is the ones and zeros that the computer understands, the more complicated the language gets because it's like the closer you go to the machine code, the, the more efficient the language is and the more verbose, like verbose is in like it's, um, verbose is just a word to say that it's, what is the word to say that actually? Verbose just means like, there's a lot of words to describe something. So in a language, for example, you can say something very simply like, um, I like going to the shop or you could say, I am the type of person who likes going to the shop every day. It's like, it's kind of like that. You're just like, you're expanding the sentence when you, when, well, in, in the computer programming, there is a need for it. That's why it's more efficient because the language can do more things. But as you go up the chain anyway, I hope that makes kind of sense. As you go up the chain, the higher level languages, they resemble English more. So Python is a language like that. Ruby, Ruby is a language like that. So if you look for those languages as a beginner, it's going to, decrease the learning curve for you. It's gonna, it's gonna seem more similar to your native language if you're an English speaker. So there's less of a, of a distance between the language and your native language. So it's gonna make it easier for your brain to comprehend these things. Another thing to keep in mind then, the next tip is that focus on the few concepts that are core to to getting started in the language, to building projects. So the approach I had was that I was using the 80-20 principle. 
So I was looking for the 20% of things that were the most important to learn the coding language, to learn the language, so I can actually be productive, so I can actually create something, something very, very small. So I started building small projects. I started like a simple calculator app. I, started, I did a to-do list, or to-do list app. And I did small little projects like that. So that's what really helps is that you're learning things that are applicable to a project and you're building real world projects. That's how you get around the paradox of, or the conundrum of not having a computer science degree to apply to a job, which might say they're wanting a computer science degree. When you build a portfolio, you got something to show and then you can talk through the code in the interview. And because basically businesses are looking for somebody who can actually do the job. They, they might, it depends on the business. They might say they want a computer science degree. Like the degree will get you possibly more interviews. But at the end of the day, companies care about results and they care about, can you actually do the job? And if you can do the job and you can get them results, then they don't really care too much about a computer science degree. That's just a kind of security thing for them that they, they would like you to have something that shows that you've got the competency to do this. So they're not taking too much of a gamble. But if you've got a solid portfolio and you can talk about it, and it doesn't need to be amazing stuff either. I had a very simple portfolio. I had a blog app. A course I'd recommend would be, when I started off, a clever programmer, uh, Raphael Kazi. He's a, one of the first guys I interviewed for this podcast. He's got a course called Python for Beginners. I recommend giving that course a go. He's got a lot of other paid courses as well, if you like that course. But what he did for me was that he made coding exciting so he's got a very lively personality very engaging so he made coding seem like something i wanted to do so i was well i was doing it anyway but i i liked it the fact that i found a teacher who was engaged and energetic about it so it made me a bit more excited than i would usually be when it comes to studying this stuff so that's another thing to keep in mind find material and content that you actually enjoy coming back to and there's no reason why you can't do that today with the online online world before you might have been limited to the teachers in your classroom who mightn't have made the subject that engaging or exciting but like you can go online today on youtube there's sites like coursera there's, there's different learning sites udacity and you'll find the types of content and the types of teachers that resonate with you so i've learned over time that i'm the type of person who likes short concise videos or short concise articles to learn from i don't like one hour videos on a topic i just find I, I i tend to zone out so even when i was in college i used to remember i go to lectures and stuff and it was often time it was just to feel good about myself for going to lectures but i wouldn't even be paying attention a lot of the time because it's just not the type of learning style that was for me i prefer to actually go online watch some short videos or if somebody's teaching me something i'd rather them teach me a specific concept that we're working through rather than giving me the whole lecture about the whole thing I think there's a time and place for that. Sometimes I like that, but if it's not engaging, if I don't, if I don't feel like the person who's speaking about it is engaging, that they actually are passionate about the subject and they can simplify it as well. So that's what I look for in teacher: somebody who can simplify things for me, so I can actually understand what the hell they're saying. Like if they understand it, and they're just saying things that I don't understand, then it's not of no use. But generally, I think that the best teachers. If they can simplify it, it means they understand it. If they can simplify it, then they understand it to an extent, but not to the depth where they can actually explain it to other people. So that's the Feynman technique. That's another thing for you to implement as well if you decide to code, is that 
while you're learning, look to teach other people who, and teach people as well who are actually, they want to learn from you. Like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend teaching people who you just feel that they're they're not actually wanting to learn from you. You don't actually like the dynamic there. So don't be, uh, that's something I struggle with actually is to be harsh on myself. I like teaching people who will listen and who will be open to feedback and who I can, like, there's a good dynamic there. There's a friendly dynamic there. I don't like teaching people who are, who got their own ideas and they're not listening to what I say. And then it's just a dynamic. I just go by the feeling. Do I actually like teaching this person or do I not? And then I've got enough kind of self-confidence in myself now and I'm not self-loathing as much that I realize, oh no, this is for me, this is not for me, that type of thing. So the other thing to keep in mind the other thing to keep in mind that really helped me is so I said at the start, coding depends on the type of area you're going into. So if you want to go into web development, what to be a web application developer, then you don't need to be particularly smart at maths at all. What you do need though is the ability to problem solve. That's basically what you're doing. So you're with coding, you're looking for simple step-by-step -step solutions to things. So it's your logical, you're building your logical and critical thinking. So I, I might talk about this actually in a, on another episode, but there's people in the world who will say today, oh, there's no point in learning to code because in 10 years time, there's gonna be artificial intelligence that will code for us. For me, that could be true, that could be false. To be honest, I don't care because I look for the skill set rather than the actual skill I'm learning. So when I look at coding, I'm looking at the fact that I'm developing step-by-step -step critical thinking, problem-solving skills. So that benefits my life in a huge way because I become less naive, less people can bullshit me because I've got a stronger analytical mind than I would have had if I didn't start doing this stuff. And... But I guess another thing to keep in mind, and that's why this podcast is is also about mental health. It's about uh, taking care of yourself. You don't want to get lost in your own analytical mind as well. It's not a good. It's not. An, it's not something that you you'll enjoy. So it's having that awareness, that distance, that this is a tool you're using and developing to become a better problem solver. But that isn't a reflection of who you are as a person. So it's good to build that awareness. That's not something that you will comprehend analytically. That's why I've got like transformational coaches, therapists, different people on this podcast to share some insights into the emotion and the psychology that will help you to become a more grounded person and a better communicator so you can have just a better experience of life. But that's what it does for you. Though. That's why I love coding is that it, it, it challenges my brain and it helps me to think more rationally about stuff. And then grounding yourself in the emotions helps you to think more rationally and logically. And it also... It's, all this process as well as just accepting as well that you're, you're human, just the acceptance that you got emotions and you've got an analytical mind to yourself. And it's just approaching them in a way that we all have these aspects within us. It's like, how do we leverage them and optimize them in the best way for a good quality of life and a good career? So that's, uh, that's what I wanted to share today. They're basically the simple tips, just to summarize. If you're looking at coding as a potential option for you to do, just remember that it's going to look overwhelming to begin with because you haven't studied it before. It doesn't have to be mathematical and science-based. There's different areas of coding you can get into, like web application development, 
you don't have to have a particular knack for math or science at all. It's more about the logical thinking. So that's one, two. Uh, look for courses and materials that are engaging and you find motivating that you actually want to come back to. Clever programmer, that Python beginners course is something I'd recommend. That's something that I follow myself. Uh, the other thing is that think of coding as step-by-step problem solving. And then that's actually going to trickle out into your own life. You'll, it'll help you to become more organized. And it'll help you to break down life problems as well. It'll help you to solve your own life problems as well. Just that ability to not be overwhelmed by a huge problem and actually break it down into its component parts. That's what that's what you're doing. So when you start seeing that, connecting that with, with your real life, you can start seeing, God, this is actually just going to help my life in general regardless if I go down the path of becoming a programmer, because you can just learn these skills anyway, because you're developing, again, you're developing the analytical mind and your problem-solving skills, which are valuable for any career in the world today. So that's basically it. I hope I provided some insights into the world of coding, and it might be something that you might consider exploring and just experimenting with, because it's something that can really benefit your life moving forward. So thanks again for watching, and I will see you on the next video.